The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. Bibles tonight, uh, I invite you to turn to the book of Ecclesiastes, Psalms, Proverbs, and then the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 10. I want to talk to you about a subject tonight coming right out of the Bible, dead flies. Talk to you about dead flies tonight. And we find that in the Word of God. So I'd like to uh, read, listen to, study the Word of God. And I thoroughly enjoy uh, the little statements God chose to put in His book. Just like that one I preached on a few months ago, a living dog is better than a dead lion. I mean, that's just an awesome statement found in the Word of God. And then you think about it, dead flies. But God puts it in His book for a purpose as we understood this morning with the stories that are in the Word of God, uh, you see the people involved, the problem that people face, and then you see the promise given, and you see the purpose, you see God's plan, and so everything in the Word of God has a purpose, and uh, dead flies have a purpose tonight, and we're going to talk about that. It has been a uh, privilege to fill in for pastor uh, in his absence, and to share the pulpit with Pastor Moon. Um, I take it seriously. It's a high honor to stand behind this pulpit. To stand behind any pulpit of a man of God is a high honor. But we have a unique man of God uh, here with our pastor. And uh, I count it uh, 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 just a true privilege that he has enough confidence in me to allow me to teach here. Uh, the Word of God, which I thoroughly enjoy, and to preach uh, at certain times. And uh, your attendance and faithfulness is appreciated as well. Your amens are appreciated. I told the Sunday school class this morning that uh, when someone is speaking, uh, whether it be myself or, or any others, I think I can talk for the others, is that when you look out and you see someone agreeing with you, nodding their head, up and down, not the sleeping nod. There's a distinct difference in the movement of the head uh, for saying, yes, I agree with you, or you are diving into unconsciousness. Uh, it's a different nod. But uh, when you see someone agreeing with you, uh, or someone says, amen, praise the Lord, or whatever they might say, it's an encouragement to the, to the preacher or the teacher, uh, because as you study the Word of God and prepare to teach or preach, the truth that 
you're going to deliver has already impacted your life. And what you so desire and have a passion for and ask God for is that the impact that it had on you, that you would get it too. And when you see someone nodding yes or yes, and hopefully not no, but nodding yes or saying amen, it's an encouragement and it just strikes a chord as brothers and sisters in Christ and it just does something intangible for the preacher. And so uh, I wanted to appreciate all those that do do that. Praise the Lord. But in Ecclesiastes 10, let's talk about our dead flies tonight. Ecclesiastes is an awesome book. It's kind of a sermon on life. Solomon is the author of the book of Ecclesiastes. And as you read and study through this marvelous book, there are many valuable lessons, lessons that teach us that living a life is, that is pleasing to the Lord is what we should be desirous of. All of us, I pray, by your attendance tonight, you have the testimony, unless you were dragged here, but we didn't see any of that uh, prior to the services, people being dragged in, but you came of your own will, as pastor says, you voted with your feet. And so I pray you came desiring something from the Word of God, something to help you, to clarify something maybe. Uh, many of you have prayer requests, and God through the message tonight may give you an answer to your prayer requests, or may give you the guidance that you are uh, desiring from Him. But the book of Ecclesiastes can really be looked at as a sermon on life with many valuable lessons teaching us that the life to live is a life that pleases the Lord. Because Solomon, oftentimes in the book of Ecclesiastes, will say that life is vain or vanity and vexation, and life is full of vanity, vexation of spirit, if you are not living with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that type of existence uh, is meaningless. It's void. It's empty. And the world can only temporarily satisfy. The world cannot satisfy in a long-lasting way the way our Savior can satisfy and give a peace that passes all understanding. And so in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verses 1 through 3, we see another life lesson in regards to what I like to call dead flies. It says in verse 1, Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. Verse 2, A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart at his left. Yea, also, when he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him, and he saith to everyone that he is a fool. So I want to draw your attention to verse 1, where again it says, Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. 
Let's have a word of prayer and ask God to bless our time together. Father, I pray that you will meet with us because if this is just a bunch of George Crabb words, it will help no one. It will profit no one. But Father, if you guide me, which I pray you will, Heavenly Father, and you guide my brothers and sisters in Christ as they listen, tremendous benefit can come from what we're going to do tonight. And I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice right now will submit in their heart to you and to what the Word of God has to say. Father, please do a work that only you can do. Strengthen hearts tonight. Change hearts tonight. And in doing so, lives will be changed. Marriages can be changed. So Father, Holy Spirit, meet with us in a very personal and powerful way. For we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. It is wonderful how the Lord can take some simple, simple things and teach us profound lessons, is it not? Uh, the Word of God, a lot of it, and I believe how wise our God is, or one of the reasons I believe God is so wise, not just because the Bible says so, is that our God can take unbelievably complex things and simplify it so you and I can understand it. goes along with salvation. We, I'm sure, cannot grasp the entire scope of reconciliation or redemption. But thank God that He has made it so simple that a young child can come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And bringing it down, we call it the simple plan of salvation, but does it not profoundly change your life? And it not only profoundly changes your life, it profoundly changes where you'll spend eternity, the simple plan of salvation. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, God pulls out of His vast library in heaven in regards to illustrations and uses dead flies to help us try to understand another aspect of Christian living. As you see here in verse 10, he's talking about dead flies that, that will cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. And the apothecary refers to uh, one who makes perfumes or beautiful fragrances. And think about it now, this perfume or this oil could be ruined and no longer have a beautiful fragrance or no longer be used if flies were to get into it and die. I'm sure if you have cologne at home or ladies that have perfume at home and you were to go to that bottle and on top of that on top of that liquid were several dead flies I would at least think that you would hesitate uh, to apply it to your body but I'm sure that most if not all would probably discard 
uh, that bottle of perfume or cologne because dead flies had gotten into it and had contaminated it, making it unuseful. Several years ago when we were living in Michigan, sometimes we would like to, I would get out of work on Friday evening and someone in the church had a double wide trailer on about 20 acres of land in the thumb area of Michigan. If you're from Michigan, you know Michigan looks like a, like a mitten and it would actually be like that. And uh, we would go up, and this double wide was in the thumb area, a few hours away from where we lived, so it was easy to get to, quick to get to, and, um, and it was free. So do I need to say more? Quick to get to and free, but as my father has tried to teach me, son, nothing's free. However, we did the two-hour drive, and we're excited because we know the people, and the people are good, decent, clean people, hard-working people. This is where they plan to retire in a few years, and so we're thinking, hey, this is going to be a nice double-wide. We are going to have a great time. We, I brought my guns up there because I wanted to introduce my family on how to shoot my handguns. And so this was, it was going to be an exciting weekend. Uh, we finally make our way up to the double wide. It's a long driveway up because it's 20 acres. The double wide sits far back off the road. Oh, the first look at it, it was beautiful. Looked good. And we pop open the door and we start to survey uh, the area, the living room area first, and then into the bedrooms, the bathroom, the kitchen. Uh, the entire place on the inside, literally now, you can ask my wife, I am not uh, fibbing or lying or embellishing. It was filled with dead flies. They must somehow have gotten in there and not been able to get out and having no food source they or their life cycle was over, they died. But I am telling you, there were literally hundreds, if not thousands, of dead flies all over. And the inside was beautiful too, but filled with dead flies. So we spent, because my wife is not going to stay, in a place that is loaded with dead flies. I would have just brushed them aside and slept there. It's free. You know what I'm saying? It's free. I can deal with some dead flies. But not my wife. And so I'm seriously saying it took us several hours because happy wife, happy life. Uh, amen. That's, a, that's somewhere in the Bible. I've not yet found it, but it's there. Uh, but it took us several hours to do our best to clean that place up so that it was okay for us to stay in. But the first look on our face when we saw that was one of disgust, one of filth, one of a feeling of being dirty, 
because of what flies represent, where flies like to eat, where flies like to land on things that are not nice. Uh, and uh, there they are, thousands of them all over, and God uses this type of illustration when he says in verse 1, dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. And so, as we're looking at the book of Ecclesiastes, looking at it as a sermon on life, looking at it in regards to lessons for you and I as believers to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ, He's letting us know that if we allow dead flies in our life, it can make our lives stink, spiritually speaking. Ephesians chapter 5, don't turn there please, I'm just making reference, you can write it down. Verse 1 and 2 talks about Jesus Christ being a sweet-smelling savor to God. And the nearer we are to Christ, the closer we are to Christ in our walk, in our daily routine of living for Him, the more, I believe, the more we live with Christ, walk with Christ, uh, stay near to Christ, I believe the more we behave as Christ. And if we can have a life that uh, demonstrates the Lord Jesus, we then can think that our life can be a sweet savor unto God, but there are things that can happen in our life that can change that sweet savor to, as, as it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 1, to a stinking savor, just like dead flies in the apothecary can make it stink and not useful anymore. So in verse 1, it goes on to say, So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. God compares in this verse 1 of chapter 10 our foolish behavior to dead flies in the perfume. Now all of us know that we're not perfect. If you didn't know that, I know I just laid a heavy one on you. But... We're not all perfect. None of us are. And with our flesh, we have a tendency to do foolish things. We have a tendency to think foolishly. And God is telling us in chapter 10, verse 1, that these foolish thoughts, actions, and words are likened unto dead flies in your perfume or in a fragrance or like walking into that double-wide trailer and having it filled with dead flies. How repulsive that is. And in regards to the perfume or the apothecary, how you would take that vessel that you used to use, that was precious to you, that you enjoyed, and if flies got into it and died, would you not take that bottle and you would at least put it to the side, if not totally discarded. And so I want to give you a few things to think about tonight in regards to some dead flies that can enter our life. And the first one is disregarding God. 
disregarding God. As I said before, our text demonstrates that foolish behavior or a little folly is like dead flies in the ointment, making it unuseful. And in first P in Psalms 14, verse 1, the Bible says, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. This is a gathering of dead flies when we start to act in our life as if there is no God. When we live our life as if there is no God. When we live our life without the Word of God. When we live our life without prayer on a daily basis. When we live our life in worry and fear as if there is no God to care for us. Those are dead flies getting into the ointment that make it less useful or you want to discard it. Is living a life that disregards God. I like to state, say this statement, and I'm not certain I've ever said it here before, but God's silence does not mean His absence. God's silence does not mean His absence. There have been many times in my life where I have said it within my own self, God, where are you? Look what's going on. Look what's going on in my life. Look what's going on in my business, in my family, in my finances, whatever it might be. God, where are you? The answer is, he's right here. And that's what he told me. He says, George, I'm right by you. His silence doesn't mean his absence. But I have to realize that I must conduct my life, I must choose to live a life realizing that I'm living in the presence of God and I must regard God in my life and I can do so by saturating myself in the Word of God finding myself in prayer, and turning my anxiety, my worries, and my fear over to Him because He cares for us. But dead flies will start together. You can hear them buzzing around when you start to live a life that disregards God. When we live as if there is no God... There is no beautiful Christ-honoring smell coming off of our lives. We start to stink because dead flies have gathered because we are not regarding God. And so may I encourage you to live every moment in the presence of God. Live every moment, make every decision regarding God. I believe there is no small decision that you leave God out of. With those that are leaving us and moving from us, the Festus and the Ots, there are multitudes of decisions that they are going to be faced with because of the simple act of moving. Linda and I have moved from 
or out of state. Lynn and I have actually moved three times out of state. One was in Ohio. Ohio I'm sorry. Forgive me, U of M. But um, sorry, guys. But uh, one was Iowa when we uh, when I went to med school. Linda was there with me uh, for the 90% of the time, which I'm so happy she went through that with me. And uh, uh, like Pastor Moon said uh, this morning, having a God-fearing, God-loving, God-passionate wife is beyond, as the Bible says, the price of rubies. Amen, guys? The flip side, I'll let Pastor Moon's word speak for itself, as he said this morning. It's the opposite of heaven. But we moved from Michigan to uh, Iowa, then back to Michigan, and then... Uh, Several years later, we moved to Illinois, and then after several years in Illinois, we moved down here, praise the Lord. And because of those moves, there are certain decisions that are forced on you because you move. And I'm saying, regardless of it, uh, as simple as it might be, going to the DMV to change the license, or this or that, every decision regardless of how trivial we may call it, make those decisions regarding God. Asking God for guidance. Asking God for wisdom. Don't, and I'm just not focusing on them, but for all of us, in all of our decisions, let's live our life regarding God. Because disregarding God, you start to hear the flies buzzing. And they're going to land. They're going to die. And instead of being a sweet savor to our God, we're going to start to stink. And none of us want that. None of us want that. So first, dead flies gather in our life when we disregard God. Secondly, dead flies gather in our lives when we start doubting the consequences of sin. Proverbs 12, verse 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. And basically, you're not going to educate them in any other way. It's got to be God working on that person's heart. Proverbs 14, 9 says, Fools make a mock at sin. Mocking sin is failing to hold sin in serious regard and thinking and not thinking seriously about the consequences associated with that sin. And so dead flies gather in our lives when we doubt the consequences of our sin. I like to put it this way in regards to sin. Sin comes in a package. It's beautifully wrapped. It looks and smells good. But when you take possession of that package, which is sin, in that box, as you go through it, there is a segment or a part of it labeled consequence. And you cannot have the pleasure of sin for a season without 
the associated consequences. When you take that package called sin, you take it all. And you're not going to be able, as some, sometimes you'll have a present in a big box that has several little boxes in it. You can't take a little box, oh, I don't like it, put it to the side, and oh, this one I like, and put it to that side. When you take the box of sin, you take it all. The pleasure associated with it, as well as the consequences associated with it. But when we start doubting, or when we start discounting, or, or limiting, or diminishing the consequences associated with sin, you start to hear the flies buzzing. And they're ready to land, and they're ready to cause your life spiritually to start sinking. Numbers 32.23, a, a wonderful verse for all of us to memorize and to live by. Be sure your sin will find you out. That's in that package too. That verse and that principle. Wisdom that all of us should be asking God for on a daily basis. According to James, I've said this in Sunday school many times, if any man lack, of, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. All of us in here, my friends, including myself, we lack wisdom. Therefore, daily should, we should be asking God for wisdom. Wisdom to make right choices, godly choices, healthy choices, Wisdom that God gives us allows us discernment and gives us judgment to consider the results of our decisions. Because we do live by the decisions we make. Kind of going along with this morning that actions have consequences, decisions have consequences, and wisdom knows that in the hours of great temptation, we need to flee from that temptation and flee unto our Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, to doubt the consequences of sin is folly. It's foolish thinking. And it causes our sweet-smelling savor to start to stink because the flies have found us. And they have died, and now we're starting to stink. I believe we cannot influence others the way God wants us to influence others if we do not take sin seriously. Sin destroys. Sin kills spiritually, and sin kills physically. Such as drunk driving, drug use. And not only does it kill the one that is sinning, many times innocent bystanders are also affected by that sin. So my friends, I know that tonight, the vast majority of you are, are I, I pray, similar to me. In that, we want to be a sweet-smelling savor unto our God. I mean, I really believe by you being here tonight, uh, and that you're still awake, that you have a desire to be a sweet fragrance in God's nose, and not stink. And not be something that God has to take 
and set aside. I never want that in my life. Oh, I pray to God. He never puts me aside. I always wanted to have a passion for Christ. I've had a passion for Him for 35 years when I gave my life to Him at 15, and I never want that passion to die. I never want to do something where God has to take me and put me off to the side. I never want to allow dead flies to get into my life so that the one sweet-smelling Savior I was to God now stinks to my Heavenly Father. And so, dead flies gather when we disregard God. Live life like God's not there. And dead flies gather in our lives when we start doubting the consequences of sin. Third and last, Dead flies gather in our lives when we start to desire what is not ours to have. In Luke 12, again, just write that down for future reference. You can read it later. But in verses 13 through 20, Jesus gives a parable about a rich man. And the rich man is about to bring in his harvest. And the harvest is bountiful. The harvest is going to be very rich this year. And this man looks at his storage facilities and says, what I have now is not appropriate. It's not enough to hold what I'm going to bring in uh, in this harvest. Therefore, I'm going to tear my barns down and build bigger. What did God call this man? A fool. A fool. We must beware of covetousness. When we start to covet, now we should covet, as Paul told the Corinthians, spiritual things. I covet the Bible. I covet my prayer time. I covet a walk with God, a desire for those things. But we're talking about coveting things that are not ours. It starts to make our lives stink before God. And when we start living for the now and not for eternity. You see, realizing this, I know we all realize this, that our time on earth is minimal when you compare it to eternity. And I know that we're clothed in flesh and, and our senses are, uh, are limited basically to this physical world. But when you take 70, 80, 90 years, if God blesses you with those years, even someone that breaks the hundred mark and you take the years that they live on this earth and compare it to eternity, it is still less than a drop in the Pacific Ocean. And what we have done and what we must labor and fight for every day is that we keep our eyes on the heavenly, not on the earthly. I know that people say some people are so heavenly minded that they're worthless on the earth. I'm not saying we don't have responsibilities to partake of on this earth, but may we have that vision for the heavenly and not put our passions on things that are going to be taken away when we pass away. 
we all know the statement that you cannot take anything with you. But I do believe you can send it ahead. You can send things ahead. Dead flies gather in our lives when we live only for time and not for eternity. And a covetous spirit can become very infectious among Christians. Very infectious. And that's why the Bible tells us. Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 12, if you read it later, to beware of covetousness. Our lives cannot be beautiful for Christ. Our lives cannot be a wonderful, sweet-smelling savor to God if we are covetous people. Living for the moment, not for eternity. And so tonight, do you feel as if your life has become a gathering place of dead flies? It's kind of a revolting thought, isn't it? Have you lost your influence for God? Maybe at the workplace? Maybe inside your home? Have you lost your spiritual motivation to be more like Christ? One of the things that uh, I ask people that come in and I try to find out why they're tired or fatigued uh, is I ask them, do you have any motivation for anything? Do you have motivation to get up in the morning? Do you have any motivation to go to work? Do you have any motivation to spend time with your spouse or with your children? You'd be surprised some of the answers I get. Sometimes people literally just tell me, I have no motivation to be with my spouse, none with my family. It's sad. Do you still have a motivation to serve the Lord? Do you have motivation to get up tomorrow morning and live for Him? Do you have motivation to break open this Bible every day and read it and study it? Do you have a motivation to communicate with your God in prayer every day? Have you lost your influence for God? Have you lost your motivation? Have you lost your passion? Remember that fire that burned deep in your soul for the Lord? And nothing could quench that fire, but somehow dead flies have gathered now that fire might just be a trickling, flickering little flame where it once burned bright. Have you lost your desire for Christ? In 1 John, don't turn there again, let me just read it. But in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible tells us the blood of of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. You see, your life, your life can be beautiful. Spiritually speaking, it can be beautiful. It can be Christ-honoring. Your life can be a sweet-smelling savor to God starting tonight again. Our Savior 
can and will make all things new. So, may I encourage you to listen closely. You know how here there's gnats, those little guys, they even get through the screen of your lanai. And I wonder, God, why'd you make those? I'm sure there's a reason, but I'm uncertain of it. But you know, uh, especially if you like to golf, and you're trying to line up a putt, and you have your alignment down, you've done your little pre-putting movements and all that, and you're just about ready to pull the putter back, and something starts buzzing around your ear or lands on your ear, how disturbing that is and frustrating that is. I ask you tonight, spiritually speaking, to listen closely and see if you're hearing some flies buzzing around. Because you see, dead flies in the ointment of the apothecary just doesn't happen. The flies come, they get in, and they die. Our duty tonight, don't let them in. If you hear the flies buzzing, because you might be living a life that disregards God, a life that doubts the consequences of sin, or a life that desires what is not ours to have, or a covetous life, those are flies that are buzzing around, and if you do not shoo them away by the power of the Word of God, and you allow them to keep hovering over your life, they will eventually land somewhere, gain an entrance somewhere, and die. And that's when we start to sin. Now you say, hey, Dr. Crabb, spiritually speaking, I'm stinking tonight. It's okay, you're amongst friends. It's okay. It's not okay what you've done that got you there, but that can be rectified starting tonight. If you once were a sweet savor to God and now you stink, and there might be some in here that do. As I said in 1 John 1, 7, Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. You start tonight by asking God to forgive you for allowing those things to transpire. And I believe through the Holy Spirit's power, He can start picking those dead flies out. And if you stick with Him, you can once again be a sweet-smelling savor to our God. Because I believe we're here tonight because we want that. A, to be a sweet-smelling savor to God. So if you hear those flies buzzing, now's the time to start swapping at them. Getting them away. But if they've got in and they've died, God can help you. Dead flies. God using this uh, very vivid, I'd like to say, illustration to demonstrate what, as the first verse says, what a little folly can do in a Christian's life. Let's pray. Father, 
we want to first thank you for your love and mercy and forgiveness. Thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this awesome illustration of dead flies. And Father, help us as children of God tonight act accordingly. If flies are buzzing around us, I pray that you would give us the insight, the understanding, and the power to bat those flies way away from our lives. But if there's someone that has allowed the flies to get in and they've died and spiritually they're stinking, may tonight be the night that the first step is taken to becoming a sweet-smelling savor again. And then, Father, if there's someone tonight in here that is uncertain that they're even a child of God, they don't even know if they'll go to heaven when they pass away. During this invitation time, I, I pray that your spirit would work in their life and that they would find themselves coming to one of us, allowing us to take them to a back room where there's no pressure and show them through the word of God how they can know 100% guaranteed through the Word of God that they're a child of God and on their way to heaven. Father, I pray for all of us tonight that we will leave here as a sweet-smelling savor to you. I pray that you would work in this invitation time, whether in the pew or at the old-fashioned altar, I pray that many decisions will be made tonight that will glorify you. For we ask these things in the name of your dear son Jesus. Amen. If you would all stand through shadows dream and while it leads I have no
that's right.